0: Can Spencer Rattler fully replicate what he did against Tennessee's defense last season? Probably not. But there is one aspect that he could replicate, one that could lead to great success on Saturday night. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, as always, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you all so much, as always, for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. This episode of Locked On Gamecocks is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same deal with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Elch Bottoms only. Exclusions apply. Happy Wednesday, Gamecock Nation. I hope that you all are doing really swell. I hope it's been a great week for you so far. We're going to continue our conversation surrounding what Tennessee possesses today on the defensive side of the ball and how South Carolina could go about attacking their defensive unit. And when discussing or looking at South Carolina's offense and how it matches up, I think that Spencer Rattler can replicate one particular aspect of his 2022 performance against Tennessee's defense on Saturday night. What is that one aspect, you might ask? In my opinion, that one aspect is efficiency. Essentially, Spencer Rattler making the right decisions and also executing his throws at a high level. Clearly did this this past season against the Volunteers in a game where he threw for over 400 passing yards and six touchdowns in the air. Now, I don't think that Spencer Rattler is going to accumulate or produce those kind of numbers once again this season, but I don't think it's because of Tennessee's defense and maybe how talented they are across the board. The reason why I think that he won't see that stat line, but he could still be really efficient, is because of how Tennessee plays defense from a schematic standpoint. When I went back and watched Tennessee's game against the Florida Gators, the thing that really caught my eye at the beginning was how much zone coverage the Volunteers ran. Against the Gators, the Volunteers were in zone coverage 53.2% of the time. And they were also in soft man coverage 25.8% of the time, essentially, they were in man coverage with one defender being assigned to one receiver or tight end, but they weren't necessarily pressing them right at the line of scrimmage from the time the ball was snapped. Now, what really stuck out to me as I continued to watch this game back was the fact that Florida, they recognized the softer coverage that Tennessee was running defensively. And so while they ran the football a lot in this football game, they also attacked the perimeter in the passing game, and they saw a decent amount of success doing so. And yet Tennessee's defensive staff did not make any drastic changes in terms of the coverages that they were running up until about the second to last defensive drive of the football game where Tennessee knew that they had to be aggressive and they had to get a stop or else the game was essentially out of reach. What that tells me is that Tim Banks, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, this is legitimately the kind of strategy that he wants to run. Because if he is willing to run a conservative coverage scheme, a lot of zone coverage against a football team in Florida that outside Ricky Pearsall has no real weapons on the outside and against a quarterback in Graham Mertz that quite frankly has still yet to prove that he is a real reliable starter at the power five level. Then he is willing to run that kind of coverage probably against any team in the SEC. So how does this relate to Spencer Rattler and Dow Loggins and how they should attack the volunteers and, in this football game if i were dow lawkins i would essentially utilize the first half game plan from the georgia game and the Furman game basically i would attack the perimeter early and often in the passing game take what tennessee's defense is very likely going to give you in this football game and understand at the same time that at some point You're going to get the Volunteers caught in man coverage, and you're going to have a play drawn up where you might like the matchup, for example, to get all the way near the sideline. You might like a matchup for Amari Brown. You might like a matchup for Omega Blake. You're going to have your chances is my overall point, but just don't force the issue. Try and basically kill Tennessee's defense with a thousand paper cuts, figuratively speaking, and then... Go for the kill shot whenever they give you the opportunity to do so. The other positive with running this kind of strategy is using a quick passing game is going to protect your offensive line. I've heard a lot of talk about how Tennessee, they really like the fact that South Carolina's offensive line has gone through their struggles this season. And there is no question, South Carolina's offensive line, they definitely have had their low moments. But there is a way to work around that in modern college football. And one of those ways is using a quick passing game. And so, South Carolina, they can utilize that to try and wear down this Tennessee defensive front, especially if they are seeing success on those particular plays. The one thing that I really hope Dal Loggins does not do that he did against the Georgia Bulldogs is essentially go away from the perimeter passing game in the second half. I talked about it the couple days after. South Carolina lost that game against the Bulldogs in week three. I felt like that Dow Loggins made a mistake not providing Spencer Rattler enough quick passes in the second half, not enough check down options on long developing passing plays. Even though Tennessee's defense is not as good as Georgia's defense, especially when you narrow it down to the two secondaries, I don't think that Dow Loggins should do that again on Saturday night. If Tennessee continues to just let you basically grind out drives, throw the football to the edge, and work your way down the field methodically, then take it. Go ahead and do that. Because again, as I said earlier, you're going to have your shots at some point. It was the same deal with Mississippi State this past weekend. They ran a lot of zone coverage, and guess what? Spencer Rattler, first play of the second half, 76-yard touchdown bomb to Xavier get down the left sideline. You're going to get your chances, but if you take what Tennessee's defense is going to likely employ on Saturday night and use it to your advantage, Spencer Rattler, just like last season against the Volunteers, he can be efficient in this football game, and if you have an efficient Spencer Rattler, without looking at all the other factors in this game, it's going to give South Carolina a very good chance to exit Knoxville with a victory. Now, I just mentioned Xavier Leggett in passing a moment ago, and the thing is, Xavier has had a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal start to the 2023 season, but there is sort of a feeling in my gut that if South Carolina is going to win this game, they're going to need to have somebody else step up alongside Xavier Leggett. Maybe not match his production, I don't think anyone can do that, but at least make their own critical plays when the Gamecocks need them. And I do think that there's a particular player on South Carolina's offense that could have themselves a game against Tennessee on Saturday night. And I'm going to discuss who that player is and why I think they could have a solid night on Saturday in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Now, my mom works in a school district. My mom works as a front desk secretary. And so my mom, she has a lot on her plate from early in the morning all the way up until about 3.30, 45 in the afternoon. And my mom, because she has this school job throughout the entire week, it takes away time for her to be able to go to the grocery store, to go and run some errands that she might want to run after her day at work is over. And if you're someone that maybe is in that same kind of situation, you need to check out DoorDash because you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code College at checkout. This is a limited time offer and terms to apply. So I say again, that's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code College. Don't forget, that's code College for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always... A really big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who constantly keep coming back and tuning in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. I greatly appreciate all of the support that you give this show. We would not have this show if it were not for all of you. So big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers. South Carolina, they're going to need someone outside of Xavier Leggett to step up in the receiving department ...for the Gamecocks on Saturday night. And I think that guy is going to be tight end Trey Knox. Now there's a few different reasons why I think Trey Knox can be... ...sort of that second big time target for the Gamecocks in this matchup. My first reason kind of relates back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Tennessee, again, based on what they did against Florida... ...and assuming that's what they're going to do against South Carolina... They're going to use a lot of zone coverage to try and take away all of the explosive plays down the field and basically, again, force South Carolina to have to beat them by getting a few yards here and there. If that is the case, I think that Trey Knox, he could have a really good game because Knox, he is an experienced tight end. He is a guy that has played a lot of football, and he is a guy that has now played tight end specifically for the past couple of years. So he is a guy that, at this point, knows how to attack certain coverages, knows how to sit down in space, quickly turn around, and wait for the football to arrive. That kind of concept, obviously, is not difficult once you've played the position for a certain while. But basically, Trey Knox, he could be that safety valve. He could be that guy that you use on spacing routes over the middle of the field, where Spencer Rattler... If Tennessee runs a lot of zone coverage and takes away some of his options down the field, if let's say they throw some blitzes at him, which they obviously are going to do at certain points in this game, and Spencer Allen has to get the ball out fast, I think that Trey Knox, when you look at the experience, you look at maybe the savviness that he's going to have going up against a bunch of zone coverage, and considering the fact that Trey Knox is just a really big dude over the middle of the field, I think this is the kind of game where you could see him get a bunch of maybe six, seven, eight-yard receptions, and let's say it's on maybe a second and 11 or 12, and the Gamecocks have got to get yards on that play. Maybe it's a third down, five or six, and they need to get a first down to extend a drive. I think that that is the kind of situation where you could see a tight end like Trey Knox thrive in this offense against this kind of defense that South Carolina's going to be going up against on Saturday. The other reason why I think that Trey Knox could be a big factor in this game, and this one has nothing to do specifically with his skill set. Trey Knox, I talked about earlier how he's an experienced player. He's a guy that's played a lot of college football. He's also a guy, therefore, that has played in big environments in the past. This is a guy that played for the University of Arkansas for the past three or four years, which means that Trey Knox, on multiple occasions, has had to play at Jordan-Hare Stadium, Auburn's home field, has had to play in the Death Valley, the actual Death Valley in college football, in LSU's home stadium. Which, in my opinion, by the way, is probably the best home field environment in the entire SEC. No offense to Tennessee, because again, I put them right up there as well, but I think LSU's, they're probably at the very top, especially when it is a night game in Death Valley over there. So my point here is, is Knox's He is certainly not going to be a guy that's going to be phased by this kind of crowd. And again, that's not meant to take anything away from the Volunteers and how raucous their crowd can be, especially in a night game in Nealon. But Trey Knox has been through these kind of games before. He has seen these kind of crowds. He has played probably in night games in venues as big as Nealon Stadiums in the past. And so he is going to be a guy that, in my opinion, is going to be quite reliable for Spencer Rattler, when, again, they need that timely catch, a critical drive extender, but also a guy that can help maybe settle down some of these younger guys. Because, hey, South Carolina, they're relying on some of these younger players and they're too deep. Obviously, they got Tree by Bellade starting at left tackle once again. They've been starting him since week three, ironically enough, against Georgia on the road in Sanford Stadium. Travon Baugh could be another offensive lineman, true freshman, that gets a lot of run on Saturday night. We'll see how that turns out. Tyshawn Russell's now in the two deep. He's a true freshman. Nick Harper's in the two deep, has been, I think, in the two deep, based on the depth chart. He is going to be playing, for the first time ever, in Newland Stadium. Trey Knox can help out a lot of these younger guys on that side of the ball in terms of, hey, keeping everything mellow. Staying consistent in terms of how you're feeling emotionally, how you're responding to your surroundings. For all of those reasons, I think that obviously outside of the numbers that Xavier is probably still going to produce on Saturday night, I think that Trey Knox, both on the field and also on the sideline, he is going to be an important player for this team in this game because I think that he can help them, again, extend drives and therefore Give South Carolina chances to continue to score on offense. But also help out some of these younger guys whenever maybe there's a drive that doesn't go well. Because I do think that South Carolina, there will be a time or two where, hey, the drive is just not going to go their way. And they're going to have to find a way to respond, wipe it clean from their memory, and move on to the next drive whenever they get the ball back later in the game. I think that Trey Knox, he is going to have to be a leader both in terms of what he does on the field and also what he does with his teammates when they're on the sidelines as well. Another key position unit in this game for South Carolina's offense, I mean, it's quite obvious, it's South Carolina's offensive line. And again, for how much people have talked about that unit and how much they've disparaged that unit, I think that South Carolina's offensive line is actually going to be a lot better prepared for this game than people, especially outside of South Carolina's fan base, are giving them credit for. And I'm going to touch on the reasons why, in just a couple moments, continuing this Wednesday edition of Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides... Five, life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. I talked on our Tuesday show about how South Carolina's defense could use a couple of games that they've already played this season to help them be better prepared for facing Tennessee's offense. And guess what? In my opinion, that same sort of deal applies to South Carolina's offensive line when facing this Tennessee defensive front on Saturday night. When I watched some of the games that Tennessee has played so far this season, the thing that stuck out to me about Tennessee's defensive front is that these guys are very athletic. These defenders are very fast. And that is sort of the way that Tennessee likes to play. Tennessee is a football team that wants to get you behind the sticks, and obviously that is a goal of every single defense, but in Tennessee's case especially, they want to be able to employ certain pass rushing packages. They want to be able to put their best pass rushers on the field, substitute out their defensive tackles. There's a couple different things that they like to do in order to really put you behind the sticks, force you to have to punt the football, and therefore make it to where their offense does not have to cover as much ground in order to score points. That is, in essence, in basically a one-minute summary, what Tennessee's defensive front wants to do. But again, I think South Carolina, with the couple of opponents that they've played so far this season, they're going to be prepared for what Tennessee is going to try to do. The first game they look back to is the North Carolina game. Yes, that dreaded North Carolina game where the Gamecocks gave up nine sacks. When I recall that North Carolina game, I recall the fact that the Tar Heels, much like Tennessee, they employed a 4-2-5 nickel defense. North Carolina also had a bunch of athletes in their defensive front, a bunch of guys that, just in terms of sheer movement, were pretty doggone quick, just like Tennessee's defensive front. So, my point with bringing up the North Carolina game is South Carolina's offensive line They have faced a defensive front that is extremely fast. You could throw Georgia, by the way, in here as well, because obviously Georgia probably has the most athletic defensive front in this entire conference. But South Carolina, their offensive line is not going to be taken aback by Tennessee's speed in their defensive front up on the defensive line at the second level. You name it. And while everyone likes to throw out, but Andrew, South Carolina gave up nine sacks to North Carolina. You're saying that Tennessee's got a similar defensive front. Doesn't that spell possible disaster for South Carolina? No, I don't think so. Because, first of all, you have to account for the fact that North Carolina, they had Freddie Kitchens. And as it turned out, I underestimated the kind of impact that could have on the game in terms of the knowledge that they had when looking at South Carolina's blocking techniques. That clearly played a factor in that football game. Secondly, I think it's also very evident at this point that South Carolina, I hate to be this harsh, they were playing the wrong guys at the offensive tackle spot in that football game. Now, you can't throw Casey Henry in there because he literally only played like one, one and a half offensive possessions before leaving the game with a knee injury or a lower body injury, I should say. But the guys that South Carolina has playing there now, especially at left tackle, I think they feel a lot more confident about those guys and their ability to actually hold up and pass protection. So, I think the Gamecocks' experience facing a defense like North Carolina's is going to help them be better prepared for this kind of game against Tennessee's nickel defense and their athletic defensive front. The other game that I look to is Mississippi State, the game that South Carolina just played back in Week 4. The thing that Mississippi State did that's a little bit different from most defenses. First of all, they ran a 3-3-5 defense. Obviously, formationally speaking, that's already vastly different from what South Carolina usually goes up against on Saturdays in the fall. But the other thing that made Mississippi State's defense unique was how they brought four pass rushers. And what I mean by that is this. Mississippi State, a lot of times, they lined up in their 3-3-5 defense, and they would have just three guys lined up on the line of scrimmage, which means, which for anybody, any casual observer would mean that those three guys are definitely rushing the quarterback. But Mississippi State also, at times, they would creep up one of their linebackers onto one of the edges, as like, say, a fourth rusher, an edge rusher, per se. Sometimes, they would have One of those linebackers maybe time up with the cadence of South Carolina's snap count, and they would basically bomb rush right into an A-gap or B-gap on the interior, serving as a fourth pass rusher in that sense. My point is that Mississippi State had a fourth pass rusher come from the second level or from the edge at different spots in different areas of the field. That's not something that you see every defense do. But Tennessee, they do the exact same thing. Not to the same degree as Mississippi State, because they, again, run a conventional 4-2-5 defense for the most part. But they will do this from time to time. They will send maybe a different linebacker on the opposite edge to rush the quarterback. They will sometimes bring maybe a nickel corner off of the edge to rush the quarterback and be that fourth rusher. So South Carolina's offensive line, They're going to have to be attentive. They're going to have to have their eyes everywhere and keep a mental log of where everybody is lining up before the ball is snapped in case somebody drops back into coverage and maybe that fourth rusher is coming from your spot or your side of the field. Because of the fact that they saw this last weekend against Mississippi State, albeit in maybe a different way, again, I think that is going to help South Carolina's offensive line be a bit more mentally prepared for this football game because this little tactic of bringing your fourth pass rusher sometimes from a different area of the field, it's not going to catch South Carolina's offensive line by surprise, or at least it shouldn't because of what they dealt with last week. So because of the athletic defense they played in week one and week three with North Carolina Georgia, and how Mississippi State went about bringing their fourth pass rusher this past weekend On a consistent basis, I think that South Carolina's offensive line, much to the contrary of the public opinion out there, again, outside of South Carolina, I think they will be better prepared for this game than people are going to give them credit for. And I think that, sure, there will be times where, hey, they are going to probably give up a quarterback hit or a pressure or a sack. That is going to happen a couple times in this game. But I don't think that they're going to get absolutely feasted on like some other people are making it out to be heading into this contest. So simply put, South Carolina's offensive line, I think that they will be able to use a bunch of their experiences and, yes, some of the lumps that they've taken this season to help them be better prepared for this game against Tennessee's defensive front. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on how Spencer Rattler and South Carolina's offense should attack Tennessee's defense? Who do you think has to step up alongside Xavier Leggett in the receiving department? Do you think it's Trey Docks, or do you think it's someone else? And lastly, do you think that South Carolina's offensive line, in a weird way, could be better prepared for this game because of the struggles that they've gone through to this point in the season? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or should be a direct message on Twitter at A Lion underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on our Thursday crossover edition right here on the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. Uh-huh.